Welcome to Nuanced Beauty. This podcast is intended to be a spot where my husband Bill and I will capture some complex thoughts and challenge us to hold to our opinions loosely so that we can see the beauty in others and the beauty in ourselves. I want to challenge us to dive deeper into those everyday topics and those sticky topics that we might shy away from or we might bulldoze over others with our opinions. Because I think there's wisdom in this idea that if we all thought exactly the same, there would be no need for anyone else. So let's have a conversation and let's get nuanced. Hi guys, welcome back to Nuance Beauty. Hey everybody. For this week. Breaking news! We're talking about the news today. Yeah. How do you handle the news? So, um, yeah, I thought start this one with a couple stories. Mine is short, Bill's is long. That uh that, to be like, expected. Doing, like, the more code thing in the beginning of the news broadcast is like it predates our existence. Yes, it does. <laughs> so I don't even know if anyone's gonna get it. They're gonna they'll get it. They'll get Someone it. will get it. They'll, they'll get, get it. it. Yeah. So uh handling the news. Um, there was a classmate of ours, so we we went out to sea, right? We've chatted about our college days doing four months at sea and then doing eight months at sea. And during like that four month time, a classmate of mine chose to basically fast from the news and didn't partake in news uh, like stories at all. And on a ship, it is a bit easier to do that. Uh, Well, not nowadays. They're a little more connected than when we went to sea. Um, But uh, he shared that with us. And then I kind of followed suit the next time we went out to sea that eight month stretch. I kind of checked out of the news and I came back. And I realized that everything was right where we left it. (laughs) So all of the sensational stories, like the poor lion that was hunted by the high school uh, Cecil the lion. Wasn't that a a thing? I think that was a thing from our time. Was it Cecil? I don't know. The poor lion, right? The dentist who killed the lion. Yeah, the dental student, dentist, whatever. I don't know. Um... And that was so sensational and it was such a big deal. And oh my gosh, and we needed to have a huge outpour and outcry and um, yeah. And somehow things continued, right? Life went on for most people. Yeah. You know, it's become such a part of uh, people's core identity. The amount of news they read, the sources of their news, uh, it, 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 it becomes, you know, what, what team are you on? It becomes part of your community. And it becomes something you can then lord over uh, somebody else when they aren't as informed as you. Or you have to dismiss what they think they're informed with because they use the other news story, another news outlet. Mm-hmm. There was a great Portlandia sketch uh, where it has people, uh, they're like dueling articles. Oh, did you read the article on this one? Oh, yeah, I did. Did you read the article on this one? Oh, yeah, didn't like how it ended. Did you read the article on this one? Hmm, I thought that one was interesting. And they go at this like rapid fire back and forth because they... They need to trying feel to like one up each other. They need to feel like they're informed because uh-huh. there's a sense of power to that, uh, and a sense of a uh, uh, social credit to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the problem with that, like so many other things, is that there's a there's a level of truth to it. That there is some level of responsibility you have to know what's going on. 
Right. And there's a level of allure too, probably like to mm-hmm. be in the know. T- totally. It's alluring. There, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of selfish and wrong reasons to be in the news, but the freedom of the press was a top level, uh, right. Acknowledged mm-hmm. in the constitution on purpose. Yeah. News as news isn't evil. Mm-hmm. And news as propaganda isn't new. If you if you look at the news stories from the revolutionary period, right, they are slam pieces. They are they are. There has never been such a thing except for maybe like a golden era in the fifties, and even that I can I I cast a scance ad of of this idea of a a neutral news. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I thought NPR was a fairly neutral news. Right. I really enjoyed it because I felt like they had the they had that that gentle tone. Like peaceful, tranquil, very tranquil, very tranquil. Uh, and then Donald Trump was elected, and then it went downhill. They were oh, just so the day angry after, about it. I used to listen to NPR news on the radio on the way to work, and uh, so they have these really interesting stories. I listened yeah, to like a two-hour, cool I listened to a two-hour two story of a guy who, who did a heist of a museum for a specific kind of feather. <laughs> That that they that you use to do fishing lot fishing flies. Oh my gosh, two and a half hours. It That's was like five episodes for us. It was really good though. That's was, a lot of so content creation. So it's still good, like on Sundays when they do stuff like that. But the the tone of the news anchors just of changed. stunned disbelief and horror and mourning the morning mm-hmm. after Donald Trump was elected really kind of crashed that whole facade that I thought, oh, this is national. This is public, more national. It's public it's radio. Public, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. But um, so there, I do think that it is, there is value in having knowledge. We, we vote that matters. Mm-hmm. You should know a little bit about these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're, we're forced to be in this place that we have to watch too much to try to catch yes. the aggregate. Uh, I did, uh, you know, Get re- I, I completely ignored the news and completely ignored politics. I just did whatever my dad voted for, whoever my dad told me to, until um the 2012 Republican primary mm-hmm. when I was I was at sea for that. And you know, prior to this, on ships you would get one newspaper that was put together by like uh, some Siemens organization, right? It right. It's like three pages long. It has some sports scores, and it was actually really cool because that was your only connection with the outside world is getting that newspaper. Yep. So you'd read it, you talk about it over coffee time. It was something that was communal to the people on board. Yeah. Uh, and it was very neutrally done. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But in this era of sailing, I did have internet, not enough to video chat, not enough to watch videos or stream or anything. This was again 2012. Uh, but I could get text news. And I got so into the spectacle of this primary and uh, the long-form articles about how these debates went. And in retrospect, the reason why I did was because I was so depressed. Mm-hmm. That was a very miserable time in my life. I got fired from that boat shortly after that uh, primary concluded. Right. Uh, I did not have a lot of things going well for me. So when I was reading the news, I was part of this larger community. Uh-huh. And when my team got a win... I I got part of that win. I got that dopamine hit. And I supported Ron Paul in that primary. So I didn't get a lot of wins. <laughs> I got a lot of uh, my guy being ignored by the media. But uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but I, I do think that's part of the draw. That's part of the draw to the inflammatory news cycle is just uh, people have dissatisfaction in their lives. And to be part of something bigger than themselves and get that dopamine hit every now and again when 
you know, Ben Shapiro owns the libs. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it makes people feel good for a minute. And that's, it's a drug like any other. Yeah. And I think though, like with the dawn of the 24 hour news cycle, we get into the tension of how much we want to be in the know and we want to be update on things versus how much we can actually handle, like how much we actually have bandwidth for, like mm-hmm. me needing to know about a potential thunderstorm back in the Midwest or like there might have been tornado warnings back outside of Kansas city. Mm-hmm. Um, and do I, do I actually have the bandwidth to acknowledge what's happening over there? And I have a lot of friends and family back there. So obviously if someone's hurt, I want to know, and I would care. You're not going to find that out from the news. But though. I'm not going to find that out from a headline saying that there's a massive thunderstorm passing through the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's like this, this juggling act of how much time I have to pay attention to what's going on in my local area, in my national <laughs> level, and um, where it like where it brings uh, value, I yeah, guess. What's, what's hard is that we, we want to say, oh, I should only really care about what's on my, my local level. But the problem is we've had uh, these mega corporations buy up all of these local channels. You ever seen right. that YouTube video where it shows uh, a, 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 like a collage of local news anchors saying the exact same. Oh, right. Word. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's really disconcerting. Because they have a, yeah, yeah. Think, oh, the, the national, national news. Level. I don't need that because I don't need to know what's going on in Montana. I'm just going to watch my local news. Those are guys I trust. They're part of my community. But that's but not. They're part of a, part yeah. Of thing anyway. So. Yeah. Like. <sighs> but you, you, I think you hit a good point with the 24-hour news cycle because. Only so much happens in 24 hours. They got to find stuff. Remember when... The balloon. Our, what about the balloon? The balloon. Or, or even, you know, going back further. Remember when Barack Obama ordered mustard for his hamburger? And oh my God, that was... Uh, all I don't remember that, no. Oh, it was terrible. But like, what else are you going to talk about? For? If you have 24 hours to talk. Yeah. So now there's 24 hours of content out there. And you as a news consumer, and as someone who really wants to do the right thing, you really want to be informed as to what's going on in the world. Because things matter, Right. So now you feel like you have to know all that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you're not doing your job as a citizen. You aren't holding up the part of your bargain for your team that you've now invested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I That's hard. It. There's That's a tension hard. there. Yeah. And I think, though, uh, one of the things that stands out to me for the negative um, is the, the sensational language and the buzzwords that are supposed to elicit fear or mm-hmm. anger or they're supposed to cause you to be so curious that you absolutely must click on this because you need to know. Like, I, I mean, so I... Young mom opens the door. You won't believe what happens next. Yeah, there's that. Or like, you know, like I have an Apple phone. So if I scroll to the left, there's a... It pops up and it says for you. So I don't know how they come up with things because I... I in general, I, I don't read any of the news on here, but I'll scroll to the left and I'll look at the headlines and there's like, there's a poor headline right now. And I read it. And of course, like I had a moment of like sadness, but it's like missing Oklahoma girl last seen being carried out of drug house by mom is likely found dead in a drawer. So that article right there is just, it's a gut wrenching like punch. And 
it causes intense sadness. And for me, it causes intense anger. But that article doesn't feel like something that I can actually action. So I am having a physical reaction of severe anger for something that is not a part of what I can impact. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to figure out what we are built for it. What, yeah, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, what we do, do. There's a component, like we talked about, um, where maybe these things that are, you know, big headlines have the potential to um, change politics, change laws, right? Mm-hmm. Like, policy and laws is one area where news had the good intention of impacting things for the better. Yeah, that's what I was saying. From the beginning, it, it was a propaganda arm of one social movement or another with the intent to affect policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what it has, because of how insulated from public opinion our political class is now, yeah, uh, it really it has a bigger effect on uh, the social conditioning. We talked about this with um, the the. There's a, a, a sensational news stories in the '80s about uh, poison and Halloween candies. Mm. That we all we're all now super to this day look a little bit weird about the Halloween candies, uh-huh. uh, or like the the razors in the apples, or uh, the, the the missing the missing child in the back of the milk cartons. All these yeah, things that, it's very um, sen- like fear mongering, sensational that yeah. created like a uh, yeah it conditioned it was, it was conditioning. Memes memes. And, and the word meme existed before the internet. It was just the idea of the passage and evolution of thought that right you know, the, the thought the idea got gained a life of its own as it passed through a, a number of people, and so. Uh, We've kind the, of been behaviorally news, conditioned. It, behaviorally conditioned, perfect way of saying it. But the news is a meme generator. It's trying to get people to talk about things, to think about things in a certain way. And ideally, those thoughts have a mind of their own, and you can't really trace where they came back from. Oh, isn't that, like, I was telling you about, um, did this already come up maybe in another episode, but the the, the TikTok thing, um, or was it not TikTok, but it was... Um, putting out an article or a fake picture, like uh, the whole misinformation, disinformation is another thing. But you actually today, like today when this goes out, you know that it was misinformation or disinformation. But five years from now, your mind may not clearly remember what was true or false, but it would at least create a negative or positive connotation. There was something about that person that was bad, right? I think they have a car accident or something, a hit and run. I don't don't remember something. Anyway, I'm not going to vote for them. Right, like to create uh, just a certain connotation, even though like today it's known as not true, yeah. or it's like no, that was not actually mm-hmm. that was misinformation, whatever. Right. Um, so there's kind of an interesting angle there, which is creepy, is very creepy yeah. to consider, and I think it kind of ties into like the where the trust in media has kind of dwindled, and like it's it's gone. Yeah, like media outlets. Um, I don't have numbers on here, but it's it's a uh, it's a dying. It, it's, it's it's not it's, really dying. No, There's it, lots it, of well, money. So here but... it's, it's it's dying. Uh, it's being kept alive for the same reason Twitter's kept alive, and that there's a, a narrow band of uh, very wealthy people, very supporting wealthy it. people, and very the political class, the the elites of the country, the people who spend the money, they watch it. Mm-hmm. So even though like Twitter, and this is getting into a separate but related topic, there's not that many people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Just in, in general, it is a very small social media platform yeah. with an outsized influence mm-hmm. on on uh, what happens in Washington because those people care what's on there. Yeah, for whatever reason, mostly because right. they're old <laughs> and they don't know. I can't. They don't. I, uh, they're not all old, but yeah, <laughs> they, but they are though. <laughs> um, and so 
But with that, like, so, uh, but but I do have hope that they are dying because there are alternative media sources out there that are doing better. Yes, and that was actually that's the next topic. Uh, looking at time and everything, um, we wanted to talk about other news outlets. Um, so the first one I have written down here is the Free Press. Um, so uh, who found uh, Barry it first? Weiss, Barry Weiss, Weiss is a journalist who uh, she started was a Substack. Well, yeah, she she was a journalist for the New York Times and got fired from the New York Times. Then she was a journalist for uh, the Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. and I got fired from the Wall Street Journal. And if you get fired from both a liberal and a conservative, uh, <laughs> there must paper, be something going on. <laughs> you must have something uh, independent and interesting to say. Uh-huh. And that's exactly what we found to be the case. With right. Her. So she launched like a one to two, maybe longer ago, but we started like paying for her $5 Substack a month mm-hmm. um, a year ago, probably. And like she got something like 300,000 subscribers. And so she has launched the free press to provide news. I liked it better. It was called Common Sense. Yeah, I liked Common Sense too. It was called Common Sense with Barry Weiss, which was like the weekly. Was it more than weekly? I think it was. Oh, it was weekly. a few times a week. But, but then the but weekly then she started round more, up. more guests. Um, guest writers come in so she, she launched it as, as a new thing yeah so the free press and she's but been able to hire people on so it's like that's cool because there like, is a hunger for actual for real news, news to the point that, that people is... are actually willing to pay for it yeah and that's how you kill the sensational headlines yeah by by uh changing the incentive structure right and it's like uh what's what's kind of nice is like first off we neither of us totally align with all the points made. I mean, like, and that's why we like it because it's not, it's not totally slanted in one direction. Oh, yeah, I kind of hate listening to things that purport to uh, align with my interests because they usually do, but not quite. And that uncanny valley of like, oh no, I agree with your saying, but you're kind of an asshole. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Really kind of sours me on a lot of uh, uh, right leaning media. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I agree with you in principle, but you're kind of a douche. <laughs> yes. But then uh, other substacks, Matt Taibbi. Big fan of Matt Taibbi. And there's another uh, one that you and, like and too. We, this might be the book of today called Hate Inc. That's 100% going to be the book for, t- for today. Okay. Uh, because he, he del- delves into this topic very deeply and very... Um, Passionately. Uh, yeah, it's, it's well done. Well done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next one we were going to bring up, um, Breaking Points. And I'm going to slam you on Breaking Points because I agree that okay. it's a good alternative media. But if you read through their... YouTube uh, page, their titles so are this, so, so sensational. So this, is why, so this is interesting. So I found Breaking Points via the podcast. And had I found them via YouTube, I would have never listened How to them. How managers illegally retaliate against work. Right. Big, all, big, big all caps. Right. No, I How hate, Scottish could okay. crush labor strikes. All caps. Again. I know. And that's what I mean. So I hate their YouTube. Um, oh, so bad. I didn't even know they had YouTube. Biden bows to but, Saudis uh, with crushing war powers. Oh my all gosh, caps so, again. We should, we should, we should like let them know. Like, had I found them via their YouTube, I would have not wanted anything to do Very with it. But titles. finding breaking points via their uh, podcast, like an hour and a half news, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, it, it, it was solid. Like, they kind of, I found them in the COVID days, so it's been like two-ish years. And, um, what? <laughs> the We're going to refer to that, like, like <laughs> our children are going to refer to that, like, we refer to the Great Depression. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. They they were born in those COVID days. Yeah. They, they grew up. In- but like, uh, I I enjoyed they. So what they I, what I enjoy they take probably like mainstream news media 
outlets and they cite their sources and everything. And then they talk about them, but they both were journalists like yeah. in DC, like one of them was well, yeah, one of them was DC. Yeah. And mo most of their news is reporting on how other news outlets are reporting on things. Yeah. And just dunking how often And just like yeah, and they're like they're really like their their header in the beginning is like mainstream media is ripping the country apart so they're they're bringing to you the mainstream media news but they're tempering it down and they're they're sharing their insights and it's just slightly less it's slightly less ridiculous three days a week that yeah, is a three consumable days a week. about a news yeah 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 um and then let's see another one i was going to throw out there is morning wire so i'm putting this one out here because if if you happen to be very left-leaning. Um, this is a good opportunity to just get 15 minutes a day or less. You could just listen occasionally to kind of hear the the main buzz from a right slant news It's pretty source. good at being uh, not overly inflammatory. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it, it's they, they say it's like, I don't know. They try and say they're unbiased. It's just like NPR they're, saying they're, they're completely unbiased. completely biased. Yes. But they aren't as big a douchebag. But they're not. Yeah, they're they're just slightly more tempered in their presentation of their stances. Like I have noticed listening to them for a good six to eight months now um, regularly that they do tend to have the key like top conservative buzz like um topics such as yeah. like the economy, like how is um, the job market and how are we doing with spending? And they almost always have an article related to crime and it's usually in the vicinity of cities or homelessness. And then there's usually an article about education that pops up. Like there is a trend. They're highlighting battlegrounds that they feel like the right has a, a better stance. Uh, the upper hand and, on. That they feel like they have the upper hand on. Whether right, whether they do or not. Exactly. Uh, so, but even though by their tone, they aren't particularly uh, biased or inflammatory. By their, by their choice choices. of stories, yes. Uh, now, one that I'll throw out there is a free substack called the Liberal Patriot. And this is a left-leaning uh, columnist who's critical of the direction yeah, of the both. Democratic Party, saying, I believe in these principles. I just feel like the Democratic Party is going about it the oh, wrong right. way. right. You gave and that woke article to me yeah, that, that well, described I, the meaning of woke. It, it did. Well, that was Freddie DeBoer. What's oh, that was a different one. Okay. But, um, uh, and he's he's uh, also good for the most part. But uh, I feel like it's a more honest critique of a position to come from someone on that position. Say, hey, I believe these things, and I just don't think we're do going about it the right way. I can respect that. Yeah. When you hear criticisms of either side by the other side, they're so straw man. Yeah, it is a little bit yeah. harsh. But if you hear somebody who's like, no, like I support this in a lot of ways, but yeah. it's kind of lacking here. It's, it's more honest. And I and I appreciate the honesty. Of, yeah. Uh, and I think that captures Barry Weiss too. Like uh -huh. it's a similar kind of thing. Like I, I'm leaning this way. I mean, she's, um, she's Jewish. Um, married to Nellie is her, her wife. And yeah, she's, she's a, a Jewish lesbian. Yeah. And, uh, and she is democratic, but she's also, uh, like old school, old school feminist. feminist. Yeah. Old school feminist. Turf. You can call it turf. <laughs> there you go. Uh, um, and it's, it's good because it's like having a sincere critique, but also having buy-in. So therefore you're trying to be encouraging and not just a total jerk because you, you hate the other side. And I think that sums it up. Uh, and given that we just got around to the 20-minute mark, we can get to summing it up. What we appreciate in news is when people aren't jerks. Yeah. We don't like jerks. Yeah. They're jerks. Yeah. 
and I and I feel like too much of our news is surrounded by jerks. Uh, but and it's hard because there is a reasonable responsibility to be an informed citizen. Yeah, you're gonna vote for someone dumb. Um, actually, you're gonna vote for somebody dumb because only dumb people run for office. <laughs> no reasonable person would want that job. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess that was a. And that's itself, what we're missing because it's life lifers, lifers in government. Yeah. But well, with that, uh, so the nuance in this is though that consuming news is good. Mm-hmm. The amount and how, and it's like food. It's just you need a healthy diet. Yeah, and, find uh, people who aren't jerks, and hopefully having some alternative, um, independent news suggestions in your pocket you can take away and maybe uh find something that you enjoy that is not uh just the mainstream slant mm-hmm. all right guys that's all we got for today thanks everybody all right this is the part of the podcast where we recommend a book for this week Yes, and as a reminder, the intent is not necessarily to make this a book club or that you read every single book we suggest every week. No, that'd be entirely too many books. All this is just coming from the fact that a lot of the conversations we've had and the conversations that we've wanted to share have come from books that we've read and and topics that we enjoy. So uh, with all the books out there, sometimes it's hard to choose what you like. So this is our contribution. Yeah, and we generally hope that it ties in a little bit with the episode. Okay, now before I get into this week's uh, book recommendation, I'm going to ask: Has anyone has anyone read Manufacturing Consent by Noam Chomsky? Anybody? No, probably not. I I tried, man. It was it was dense because he gets into this book was written in the 70s. He gets into the actual math and of the word choices used to create certain narratives around. Um, you know, different uh, foreign wars. Uh, Noam no Chomsky is a famed uh, anti-war uh, uh, advocate. Uh, can you advocate for, for anti-something? I don't know. But uh, a, a famed pacifist uh, who really points out how uh, the, the news very specifically creates uh, what he calls uh, uh, worthy victims and unworthy victims. Where like, these people deserve to die, whereas these people are tragic victims. Therefore, we have to come to these people's aid, but not those people's aid. This is how you know, in, in the various proxy wars through the Cold War, we think, oh, we're fighting for freedom. And you find out that the guy we're propping up is actually a terrible dictator. He, get, he gets into a lot of that stuff. But it's really, dang it, hard to read. I did, I did not get through it. But what I did get through was this week's book recommendation called Hate, Inc. by Matt Taibbi. Uh, and it's written, uh, he, he talks about it in the book, a little bit as a uh, an extension, a more modern-day extension of uh, manufacturing consent. And, you know, it's not exactly that, but that's, that's kind of the, the theme he's getting at, where he, he's pointing out in a little bit less mathematical detail uh, how the news is specifically con, uh, constructed, not to inform, but to divide. Uh, and <laughs> it, it's it's humorous how he goes about it. He talks about, I don't know if any of you guys are fans of professional wrestling. I'm not. But he characterizes uh, 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 all of that 2016 uh, presidential run like a WWE match. Where, where Donald Trump, who actually has appeared in, in professional wrestling multiple times, is filling a role like a character in a, in a WWE uh, or whatever the, the acronyms are now, uh, uh, a, a role in the drama. So that all it is is all it is is drama. So 
He does a, a very good job, although he uh, generally leans left. Does a pretty good job uh, pointing out the, a, a level of both sidesism, both sidesism of how you're both terrible, and it's you're you're both just 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 truly bad. And it, it has some echoes of the uh, John Stewart crossfire uh, video that that's still kind of floating around of someone just saying just just stop, just stop, and. Um, I don't want to leave you without any hope in, uh, in, in this book. It was entertaining. It was a little bit of like, no, I'm not crazy. Uh, this is, it, it doesn't just seem uh, meant to divide. It actually is meant to divide. Uh, highly recommend the book. It really just, uh, it peels back the curtain a little bit on uh, how the medium, how the media as a machine works. So highly recommend it. Hate Inc., Matt Taibbi. Check it out. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you aren't already following us, please follow us on your Spotify or Apple podcast account and uh, look us up on Instagram at nuance underscore beauty until next week.